0: been in a series that we started last week called Into the Future. Into the Future. And this series is about what the Lord is leading us into as we look to the future as Church at the Bridge, as his people, but most importantly for his glory and his purposes. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in having a good future without God. That's not a good future. It's not. We need God in the midst of our future. And we believe that 2024 is a year of more. Now, I know that sounds cliche, but we're not here to massage your emotions and pump you up. We're not. We are here because we believe and we see by example in the word of God that God is a God that is continually on the move. He is a God that super abounds. He is a God that does exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond what we ask or imagine. He is a God of more. He is a God who who steps into impossible and makes all things possible. He is the way maker. And so we believe that 2024 is your best year still. It is a year of more. It's a year of more for our ministry here at Church at the Bridge. And when I say our, I mean our, right? It's a year of more for his people. It's a year of more for growth, for your maturity, for your experience in God's blessing. It's a year of more in advancement into the Lord's specific purposes. It's a year of more increase to you and through you. But to step into the plans and purposes of God as his church. And as his people, friends, we need direction from the scriptures on what is required for us to get there. Listen, Jesus paid for it all. But listen, it is going to cost us something to step into more. There's something that's required of us. Today I want to talk to you on the topic, find your fit. Find your fit. Find your fit. fit. I'm not bringing you an opinion here. I'm not trying to be clever here. You'll see where we're going with this. But I want to encourage you today to take notes. Pull out your mobile devices. Pull out your iPad. Pull out your pad. Use the app. There are fillings there. There's ways that you can take notes. Because what you write, you remember. What you write, you can process. What you write and you record, you can go back to and glean from. And that's important because if you don't do that, then all you're going to leave with is what you think I said. Exactly. Thank you, sir. You're a smart man. You're a smart man. You absolutely don't want that. So take notes so that you can go back and process through the Word of God and see what God is speaking to you. Now, today as we dive into this topic, I want to start off by just giving you a disclaimer. The truth is that when it comes to moving into the future, many people do it with a context that they take from the past and the present. We look to the future based on the past and the present. We judge the future and what's possible based on the past and the present. We reference the past often because we think that the past is the way the future is going to work. We reference the future. We look to to, to the future by referencing the present. In other words, we rely on our natural senses We rely on circumstances. We rely on the economy. We rely on public opinion. We rely on the news. And friends, if that's your context for the future, you'll never get there. You will never arrive there. Now, lest you think I'm giving you an opinion, see what the Scripture says. Hebrews 11, starting at verse 1, tells us this. It says, now faith, say that with me, now faith. Now, faith. Now, faith. Faith Faith is always for now. Faith always works right now. Right? Now, that's not what the Scripture is saying. That's just me, right, saying that. But faith is always for now. Now, faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for. Yeah, things hoped for. And it is the evidence of things not seen. Now, watch verse 2. For by it, Somebody say, the elders obtained. The elders yeah. Something came out of faith. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. So what is the scripture talking about here? What, 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 where does this lead us to? What we begin to see is that faith set in the future is really what puts skin and meat on bones of hope. Faith is what paves the way for what God is showing us that we put our hope in. It is a vehicle, it is a tool, it is power from God for the purposes of arriving into the future that God shows us, that God has predestined for us. And what we see is that faith is out its context in what the Lord has for us into the future. If your faith is based on the, the, the status of the economy, that's not faith. That's foolish. I know that sounds counterintuitive to, you know, Reason and reality. No, 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 no. God's economy supersedes man's economy. The scripture gives us great evidence that God would call people to plant where there was a, a, a dry season. He would call them to dig for water where there was none. We serve a supernatural God. Stop trying to make God super into your natural. All right. So faith is activated in hope that has its context and what the Lord has for us into the future. And the reason why we know this, well, I pray that you know it by experience, but according to the Scripture, we know this because when the Scripture tells us that the elders of old This is referring to people that we have by way of example in the scriptures. We're talking about people like Abraham. We're talking about David. We're talking about Deborah. We're talking about all these men and women and these people that we have by way of example that stepped into the future with no context in the future. They couldn't see it and yet they trusted and believed God at his word. They truly held on to his promises. And so we know this because when the scripture tells us that the elders of old, that, they, that these people obtained a good testimony, in other words, they arrived at the promise because their context wasn't in the present and the past. You know it's the truth, friends? It takes the same energy to move forward that it does to move backwards. Why are you wasting your energy Drawing context from the past. Why waste your life? Why waste your faith in the past? Deposited a seed into the future. And so what the the original language denotes here is that it was through a faith that that they had that was focused into the future. That these people serve as a testimony today for us. We have evidence for it. An excellent example of this about finding your fit comes from the life of two men, one named Joshua, the other one named Caleb. And these men were among 12 tribal leaders that were over the people of Israel whom Moses commissioned to scout out the promised land. They they had left Egypt. They were about to step into the promised land and Moses by instruction of the Lord sends them he says, you 12 guys, you who are all tribal leaders over all the people of Israel, I want you to go into this land of Canaan. I want you to spy it out and see, see what the Lord has promised us and bring back the report. And so the scripture tells us that 10 of those leaders saw differently than Joshua and Caleb. They, they, they were of a different opinion. They saw differently. Listen to what the scripture says in Numbers 13, starting at verse 31. It says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able. We are not able to go against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a what? Bad report. A bad report of the land which they had spied out. In other words, this is what we see. And because this is what we see, this trumps what God says. And they said, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. You know what happens when you begin to dismiss the word of God? You begin to hallucinate. You begin to see mirages that are not there. The land eats people is what they're saying. (laughs) And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak who came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers. Watch this, in our own sight. It's in our sight that we're small. The God of all creation, God Almighty, God of heaven and earth says, go into the promised land, and they're going, we're too small, God. It has nothing to do with your size. It has everything to do with the faith that you have in your God. And as such, because they were hallucinating, so to speak, they were dismissing the truth, the promise of God. The scripture concludes that, and so we were in their sight. They were convinced that they were small in the sight of their enemies, that they had no wins. What we see here is that these people had no faith based on the future. God had already, listen to this, get this, God Almighty. I want you to envision this. God himself says to you, I'm telling you, step into this new season. Go and do this thing. Step out, leave, leave those comforts and go where I'm telling you, God says. And He says, And you will see my blessing, and you will prosper, and I will cause you to rise up and be used mightily. God Himself says that. God, God said, God had already given them the promised land. But that wasn't their context. For the future, their context was based in their past and what they saw in the present. Can I just say this to you in love? Don't trust your eyes. Don't put your trust in your feelings. I'm just so hurt. It's just so hard. As a good friend of mine would say, now you already said you love me. So you got to hear my heart with this. Suck it up, cupcake. Because your feelings have nothing to do with faith. Don't let your feelings rob you of where faith is calling you to go. It's time to toughen up. It's time to get moving. Yeah. God had given them this promise. And what we see by way of their example is that some of us cannot step step into the future because we still draw our context for the future from the past and the present. Can I give you a little newsflash? Your past does not fit into your future. Your past experience in church, your past experience with people, your past hurts, your present challenges have nothing to do with fitting into the future. They may create some spiritual muscles, they may develop some character, but your present and your past is not fit for your future. And so as such, we need to consider a couple of things. The first thing I want to encourage you with is that we must find people that fit our future. Let me say that again. We must find people that fit our future. You ever heard that old saying? Your mother probably said it to you. My mother would beat me and tell me at the same time. Show me who you hang with. I'll tell you who you are. I'm going to tell you who you'll become. That is so true. The scripture says that bad company, bad company, bad company corrupts good character. Watch who you keep in your circle. They'll determine your cycle in life. Yeah. So we must find people that fit our future. Joshua and Caleb were ready and willing to step into the future. We got this. We can do this. God said, let's go. And still, they couldn't because they were surrounded by people who did not fit into the future. They had no vision for the future. They had no desire for the future. In fact, if you study the scripture out, they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to to being slaves. They wanted to go back to being whipped in exchange for just a little bit of meat. That's what they wanted. These people were focused on their past losses. They were focused on their history in Egypt. And they feared anything that resembled an enemy and progress. They would not step into it. And as a result, Joshua and Caleb, who believed God at his word, walked in circles for over 40 years until all these people died off. Isn't that what that tells us? That your past and overdependence on your natural senses in the present must die away in your heart and your mind before you can break into the future. Go ahead and ask somebody, what needs to go? Yeah, tell somebody else, what needs to go? Yeah, from the beginning of our journey as a ministry in this region. Look, and I don't say this boastfully, but this is just the truth. We have never seen ourselves as just another church for people to congregate on Sundays. This is not a Christian social club. If that's what you want, can I submit to you, God didn't send you here. You won't fit here too, too long. You know why? Because eventually as you begin to get the heart of the house and you begin to see how God is leading us and what we're doing, you'll find yourself feeling a little awkward. You'll find yourself feeling a little out of place. And look, that's not a knock. But I'm telling you that our fit into the future is about people. This is not about Feeding cows, so to speak, fattening them up. No, we're on the move. Somebody say, thank God. (laughs) For real, thank God. And so the Lord told us from the onset that we would be a community of Christ followers sent for the larger community around us, the region around us. But you see, the problem that we initially faced was that there was no one of a like mind among the church when we first came here. I'm not knocking anybody, but look, I'm not going to sugarcoat things. When we extended ourselves to the church community at large in this region, no one one embraced us. I had one pastor say to me in front of a bunch of other pastors, what do you want with my people? And I said, I don't want anything with your people. Last time I checked, they're God's people. I want nothing to do with your people. (laughs) I want to help you. (laughs) I want to serve you. What a concept. Right? Mind-blowing that Christians could actually be Christian. Right? And so we, 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 there wasn't a welcoming committee. And while we had a heart for what God had told us, the truth is that there were still lessons we had to learn. And we needed people that fit our future. And so we did the only thing that we knew to do. We didn't know exactly what we were doing, but we knew that we had to learn very quickly about this city, about this region, about people. And we asked Who's doing something that's meant to build people? Who has vision for something more extraordinary in Newburgh and beyond than the current, than the present and the past? And so we, we started kind of knocking on doors and researching and meeting people, and that's where people like Mr. Kevin White, who's the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club in Newburgh, who's also a man of God and also leads Newberg Performing Arts Academy, came into our midst. There were people like Team Newberg and Don Wilkins who came into our midst. Some of these people weren't even believers. There were people like Rachel Wilson from the Orange County Youth Bureau and countless other people that just kind of began to come in, 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 in flux in droves and we began to meet with people and learn about the heartbeat of this city and learn about what was possible and what people were dreaming about and we sensed God saying sit at these tables and you'll get my heart you see friend if you don't find people that fit your future you can't step into it because you lack the support to develop into the future Yeah. A great example of this comes from the life of a guy named Moses. Moses was the first leader of Israel, and despite his insecurities, uh, Moses really was a great leader. But one of the challenges that he continually faced was that he was surrounded by a large majority of people that fit his past and not God's intended future. They were always moaning and groaning and crying and complaining and looking back. Why, why, why can't we just go back there? Why, why do we have to do this hard thing? Why do we have to take this step? Why do we, why do we have to expand and do more? Why, why, why do we have to take bolder steps? Because that's where God exists. Because that's where God works. God does not operate in our comforts. <laughs> yeah. And so he was constantly dealing with their complaints, with their negativity, and with their issues. Issues. Past and present. So one day, the scripture says in Exodus 18 that Moses was sitting all day, sunup, sundown, as he usually did up until this point. And he was listening to people's complaints. Complaints about each other. Complaints about what wasn't working. Complaints about this person did me wrong. Complaints about why can't we go back. All these complaints, all these issues. And he's sitting there from sunup to sundown dealing with people's past and people's present. And no wonder they weren't stepping into the promised land. Scripture says that his father-in-law, Jethro, happened to be visiting. And he went and he observed Moses from sunup to sundown, and he said, Moses, 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 my dear son Moses, let me talk to you for a moment. Moses, this thing that you're doing is not good. This is not a good thing. And I imagine that Moses is scratching his head, and he's saying, well, aren't I supposed to be dealing with other people's emergencies? Aren't other people's emergencies supposed to be my emergency? As the leader, isn't their problem my problem? And Jethro says, if you continue to do this, Very interesting. Check this out on your own. Don't don't go by my words. You're taking notes. Write that down. Check out Exodus 18. The Bible says that Jethro says to him, "This thing that you're doing is not good because if you continue to do it, not only are you going to grow weary, but the people are going to grow weary." Now, how are the people going to grow weary if Moses is the one dealing with all the complaints? Let me tell you why Moses and the people will grow weary, because as long as you're dealing with the past. And staying stuck in the present, you will grow tired and you will not have the strength to step into the future. See, we got to develop some spiritual muscles. Turn to somebody and tell them, get built. Tell somebody else, get built. Yeah, you know how it works in the kingdom with faith? You got to pick things up and put them down. You got to keep picking things up and put, you got to keep applying these spiritual muscles, right? What's interesting is look at the promise when we begin to find people that fit our future and we begin to push people to move into the future. Exodus eighteen twenty three says this, if you do this thing, and who commands? Wow. And God so commands. God so commands you. Then you will be able to, to endure. In other words, you'll be able to glean the strength that you need to step into the promised land. And all this people will also go to their place in peace. What place? The promised land. Jethro's example teaches us that people that fit our future are people that discern what's operating in the present that threatens our future potential. You need people that can call you out. Now, let me tell you if you're the type of person that gets offended when people call you out. The scripture says this in Proverbs. I believe it's Proverbs 18. Don't don't quote me on that, but I believe it's in Proverbs 18. It says this. Don't correct a fool lest he hate you. You know what a fool is? A fool is a person that is unteachable. You can point them to the word, but, but no, but this bothers me. This, this this rubs me the wrong way. Your issue's not with me, sir and ma'am. Your issue is with God. So we have to... we People that fit our future are people that discern what's operating in the present that threatens our future potential. They call us out. People that fit into our future not only provide sound counsel. Listen closely. It might be good counsel, but we don't need good counsel. We need God's counsel. These are people that will point you to the truth in God's word. They don't project themselves as the authority. They point you to God who has all authority and his word that has all authority in our lives. That's why when people say, Pastor, what do you think? Who cares what I think? What does God's word say? Right? Right? People that fit into your future are people that give us counsel that strengthens us to endure for the long haul. They equip us with wisdom. They pray with us. They come alongside us. Sometimes they rub us the wrong way for the right reason. But they equip you for the long haul. This isn't just about right now. Man, this is about your growth. This is about your development. Friend, find people that fit your future. Find people that fit your future. As a church, we go to great strides to find people that fit our future. For those of you that were at the anniversary, you saw many of our ministry friends and some that weren't there. And listen, these are people that are sound in their wisdom. They are biblically rooted And they are constantly stepping into the future. You need people that are moving towards the future. If you are seeking people that are going through the same thing I'm going through, you might massage your feelings, but you'll miss your purpose. Well, anyways... The second point I want to leave you with here is that we must wade into the waters ahead. We must wade into the waters ahead. What does that mean, we must wade into the waters ahead? To wade is to walk with great difficulty through water. It's not simply just a stroll. It's you're pressing through it. You're using your hands. You're engaging every aspect of your legs and your muscles to get through this water. You're going into deeper ground, into deeper territory. Let me tell you where I'm coming from with this wading into the waters ahead deal. There is a Jewish legend that's recorded in the Talmud about a man named Neshan. Nishan... Nishan is attributed in the Talmud as being used by God to save Israel by one act of courage and obedience to the Lord. Now you may go, Pastor, you're not getting that from the Bible. Do you know that Nishan is mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus? Go check in your Bible in Matthew. The scripture gives us reference that Nishan was a tribal leader for the people of Judah. So this was a man who had some experience with God. And this man named Sean took this act of courage. This took place when the Israelites, the Talmud says, were pinned between the Red Sea and the Egyptians. They were pinned between the future and the past, and they were struggling in the present. They were stuck. They were stuck. And according to the rabbinical record, the Israelites were complaining. They were fighting amongst each other. Now, that's not too far-fetched because the Scripture doesn't tell us that. But we do have record in the book of Exodus that we see that leading up to the Red Sea, they're complaining about going back to to, to Egypt. They're complaining about the meat that they left behind. They're, They're wondering, why do we have to go forward? And so... We have some scriptural context that tells us that this is very likely. And so they're arguing, they're fighting against each other, and nobody is moving forward. To them it seemed like a hopeless situation until God, the scripture tells us, commands Moses to tell the people to go forward. And they're still fighting, they're still complaining, and according to the Talmud, nobody takes a step until Nishan says, I'm going in. And he steps into the water. He begins to wade into the deep. He goes all the way up until the point that he's up to his nostrils. And then the Red Sea parted. Then the Red Sea parted. God created a sidewalk in the Red Sea when somebody dared to go deeper. Deeper. Let me, tell you, let me tell you something about stepping into the future. You have to go so deep that you can't have control. All you can have is trust. Trust in God. I like the way Psalm 42, verse 7 puts it. We didn't put it up. It's just a note I wrote for myself. But I want you to think about this, friend. If you want to step into more in 2024 and beyond, yeah. if you want to step into the future and discover the plans and the purposes, if you want to discover your next step, never mind your purpose, just your next step with God, if, you're going, if you and I want to experience that, we must be willing to step into deeper waters where the Lord leads us because that's where God operates. The psalmist David in Psalm 42 verse 7 says, as deep calls unto deep. Yeah, in the roar of your waterfalls, what is David saying there? David is saying, God, you only operate in deep places. And so because you call from the deep, I have to step into deeper places. I have to challenge my faith. I have to challenge my understanding. I have to step out of my comforts. I have to do more. I have to exercise new spiritual muscles. I have to dare to believe that you are a God that invites me into more, but I have to be willing to leave less. friend, the deep doesn't make sense. But it is the only place to meet God and discover how he opens up a new path for us. It's the only place. Now let me challenge you. Let me bring this home to Church at the Bridge for a moment. Let me bring this home in this area, in this regard as a ministry, as what God has placed us here for. One area where we must all wade into the water into deeper waters to step into our next 10 years and beyond is in the mass sea of people around us. Let me, let, let me put it to you this way. When was the last time you told someone about salvation through Jesus Christ? When was the last time you told someone your God's story? When was the last time you prayed for someone in need of God? When was the last time you dared to encourage somebody? Let me make it real practical. When was the last time you invited someone to church? Do you wake up with the heart of God? And instead of seeing problems, you see people in need of God who solves all their problems. Let me give you a little news flash. If you're just interested in being fed the word, because it's such a rich message, it's so good, it's so scriptural, but you're not interested in investing yourself and this gospel into the lives of people, God didn't bring you here. Because you're not interested in faith. And I know this is a strong word, but I, I, I got to be forthcoming with this. You're not interested in faith. You're just interested in getting fat with the word. And if the shoe fits, don't wear it. Change it. Change it. Change is good. It's a good thing. Let me tell you why this is so important and timely because, friends, if if you haven't just looked at the world today, I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but the signs and the times, man, now more than ever, people need the hope of Christ. Now more than ever, people need to see Jesus through people like you and me. Now more than ever, we have to be bold and take steps of faith and encourage people and point them to the salvation that they need. And guess what? Like Neshawn, when he waded into the waters, that's not an easy walk. It takes effort. It takes effort. Yeah. Yeah. Let me show you why this is important. The Bible says in Acts 13 that Paul and Barnabas were in a place called Antioch, and they went there, this was a place where it it was Gentile country, but there were many Jewish people there. They had a synagogue there, so there were a lot of Jewish people there, and, and, and Paul had a heart for the people of Israel. Let me translate that to modern day church. He had a heart for the people in the church. So he goes there because they relied upon the law and Moses and all that They had no revelation of Jesus, so he goes and he declares this message to them, and they have no interest in it. They have no interest in it. But watch what Paul says in response to their lack of faith and their rejection of the gospel. Acts 13, verses 47 and 48, he says this, For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, to people who aren't Jewish, They're going to reject you, and so people that want nothing to do with me know nothing about me. I'm going to send you to them that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Watch verse 48. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, who? The Gentiles. Non-believers, when they heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. Do you realize what happened in this moment? There were people that were waiting for this message of salvation. There were people that were hungry for a solution. There were people who were hopeless, waiting for someone to give them help. There were people that were lacking the truth, that were just waiting for somebody to tell them the truth. And when Paul and Barnabas began, to declare this message and the Jews rejected it, the ones that nobody thought would receive it said, I want that. I'll take that. Tell me more. Lead me. Help me understand. What if you showed up with intentionality to lead someone to Christ? What if you stopped just focusing on your problems and you became a solution? Because you have hope. You have Christ. And what you have can't be hidden and it can't be hoarded. Yeah. Friends, let me tell you, the only way to step into the future that God has for us is to wade into the waters where people are drowning in their lack of knowledge and their need for a savior. And I know some of us are thinking, well, how do I do that? Well, I don't have time to read it to you, but in Matthew 28, the Lord Jesus says, go into all the world, right, preach this gospel. And then he clarifies what that means. He says, baptize them in the name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, and teach them everything that I have taught you. And I'm with you. What does that mean? He did not say present a theological argument on why they need a Savior. You know what he said to them? And he tells us, tell them your God story. Tell them what you're learning. Tell them how this truth is changing you. Tell them how my presence in your life is helping you. Tell them what I'm doing in you and through you. Tell them. If you would just tell people your God story, you would see God establish a history, a legacy in the lives of many others. I'm way over on time, but I'll close with this. Last point I want to leave you with is that we must seed the clouds. What am I talking about? On November 13th, 1946, a man named Vincent Schaefer took a single propeller engine, a, a, a plane engine, an engine plane into the Berkshire Mountains in western Massachusetts. And here's what he did he modified how clouds worked by seeding them with dry ice. When he did this, it caused Snow to fall. In other words, he manufactured snow by what he did. Now, what's interesting is before this, Schaefer, watch this, had been experimenting in a freezer chilled to sub-zero temperatures to create clouds using his breakfast condensation. He's in a freezer playing. That's a cloud. And he starts to think, I wonder in this temperature if we could make those clouds snow. Like, Like snow come from those clouds. So out of sheer curiosity, he begins to introduce all kinds of elements, and he happens on one day to introduce carbon dioxide. And here's what carbon dioxide did. It caused his breath, a cloud of his breath, to crystallize, and it became snowflakes. And he says, One, "Wonder if, wonder if we could do this with real clouds." He began to dream and imagine a greater possibility. What's astounding about this guy, Vincent Schaefer, is that this guy had never even graduated high school. Most people look at me and go, "Oh, you're crazy." But this guy became a renowned chemist, a meteorologist who was issued over 14 patents, among many other accomplishments. See, Schaefer was an ordinary man who imagined extraordinary possibilities, but he does, he dared to pursue them. Listen to the invitation from God. I guarantee you that for many of us, this is not a scripture that we have not heard. But I wonder if we've dared to imagine the way it invites us to. Ephesians 3:20 20 through21, coming out of the weist uh, version, says, "Now to the one who is what, able <laughs> to do what beyond all things." Beyond all things, beyond Newberg, beyond my circumstances, beyond my finances, beyond my problems, beyond my experience, beyond my past, beyond my, my my present. Now, to Him who is able to do beyond all things, super abundantly, beyond and over and above those things that we are asking for ourselves. And considering, that word considering there means to imagine in the measure of the power which is operative in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus and to all generations of the age of the ages. Amen. Let me tell you what the scripture is saying there God superabounds when we begin to imagine, to ask, and to act beyond our past context and our present one. My friend, I came to deliver a message directly from the heart of God. And God says, now is the time for your faith to be activated. Now is the time for my church to rise. Now is the time to take bold steps. Now is the time to ask big, to believe big, and to dare to do big because when you go big, a big God shows up. Come on and give God some praise this morning. Would you stand to your feet with me? My friends, we must reimagine how we engage our community we must reimagine how we serve people we must reimagine how we share the gospel with many more people because if we do when we do we make room for god to super about. hey everybody thank you so much for joining us here at church of the bridge today I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that He spoke to you powerfully, and that He met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.